Hello everyone, my name is Christine Gordon. Welcome to the Readings Podcast. I'm here today to talk to two of the Reading Prize judges. Uh, Gab, welcome. Hi Chris. Mari, welcome. Hi Chris. Gab and Mari are booksellers within the Readings shops and they were selected to be some of the judges uh, this year for the Readings Prize. How were you selected? How does, it, how does Readings go about getting their judges? Uh, well, initially there is an email that goes out just asking if there's an expression of interest, if people are interested in applying to be a judge. Um, and I, I just responded to that saying, yes, I'd love to. That's, <laughs> you were that's the same. I, I put together a video package. <laughs> <laughs> you created a song? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, so I don't, yeah, I, the same. I just said, yes, I'd love to. I'm not sure what the process is back um, you know, behind the scenes, how we were selected, but yeah, was it our headshots? I think it <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. was yeah. about the way mm. that you look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's what's important sort of com- for eating? It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A good face for radio. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, what does it involve being a judge for the Readings Prize? What what sort of commitment is it? It's a pretty big commitment. Mm. I so was it seventy six books? Seventy six books, I think. We and how are those seventy six books chosen? It seemed that it was um, books that were sent through every Australian release that is from a, a first or second time author in that category. Is that right? That's exactly yes, right. Yes, so it's yeah. short stories or novels, first or second yeah. time. So some people who were novels. on the list did have ha, had written multiple books, but they might not have written, like they might have written young adult or they might have written poetry or... Non-fiction. Non-fiction, yeah. yeah. So this is first or second book as fiction. 76 books mm. to read. Mm. Enormous. Is, is it absolutely enormous? But also, I mean, what a wonderful uh, indication about how the Australian literary scene is going, that there is 76 yeah. books to choose from. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is only first or second novels, so this is not the entirety of the Australian literary scene. This is a small part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is amazing. So what sort of time commitment is it? How long well, does it take to read cover to cover 76 books? Mari? I, I, was, oh. I, I was trying to, I spent the entire time trying to work out how long it would take to read one book. Mm. And I think that I was 30 to 40 pages an hour if I was lucky. So if a book Whoa, was... that's way faster than me. <laughs> yeah. If I was lucky and then I would slow and then I would speed up sometimes. But yeah. I think if you say that most of the books were probably between about 250 and 350 pages, it's like a... It's a, a solid full, month, a, isn't it's it? It's a solid month of complete just reading. Yeah. 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 I um I was trying to break it down into how many books per month we had to read. So twelve months, twelve mm. goes into seventy six. Who's good at maths here? Anyway, so it was probably <laughs> it was probably no one, no no one. one here. Is good <laughs> at no maths. one is good at maths. So I guess maybe six or seven books a month. Mm. Yeah, which is sort of like when you break it down like that, it doesn't seem too much, but that is still probably one and a half books a week. Yes. Which is quite extensive. I yeah, imagine it that is, it yeah. means that you're not reading much else. No. For a year. Yeah. You're no. just reading Australian fiction mm. and short stories for a year. Yeah. yeah. So what's your overall, uh, having done that for a year, were there certain themes that sort of emerged, Gab? Did you notice anything that was emerging over this last year? Um, well, just generally in Australian fiction, you mean? 
Well, in, in the last year. Of- yeah. Uh, it seems that there's a lot of, well, we were talking before, octopuses or octopi. Mm. What what is going on with the un, with the underwater theme? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's the uh, the foreign intelligence, mm. the unknowable intelligence. Ooh. I mean, the idea that octopuses are very intelligent, but they're unknowable and mm. their experience is so different. I guess they can be metaphorically many things. Yeah, it's um, interesting. I mean, mm. if there was one, you'd go, okay, that's just one. But mm. there were, and you know, there were a couple of. There were a number, and yeah. I think there's a few coming up in the next year as well. <laughs> yes, I've heard. I've heard of more octopuses appearing. Um, octopi. You yes. heard it here yeah. first, here, yeah. listeners. <laughs> I thought another theme that I thought was interesting, or maybe for me a little unexpected, were how many books, Australian books, were not set in Australia. Yeah, I feel like there was this movement into the entire world. Yeah. this sense of like enthusiasm and confidence taking on stories from everywhere. Yeah. And actually on the, in the shortlist we've got a, at least two, two just straight off the top of my head that are not set in Australia at all mm. and never uh, don't even have Australian characters. They don't reference it in any way. No. no. Well, mm. not the Miles Franklin. Yes, we're in not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's a significant difference I think. Yeah. And definitely a difference to what I thought was if someone had asked me to characterise Australian fiction, mm. I would say some level it's about Australia, but I wouldn't say that now. Yeah. Not yeah. not straightforwardly. No, no. So there you are. You're reading your book and a half a week. Uh, uh, you've, you've finished your sort of 76 copies of uh, assorted titles and uh, assorted themes on Octopi, uh, <laughs> other countries, Australia, and then you come together, a group of you. There's how many judges all up? Four. Four judges, and then we bring in a celebrity... Judge, a so celebrity to speak, judge, which yes. this year was uh, was Christos Chalkers, yeah, and and, and Mark Rubo is who is our second is the, celebrity judge, yes, yes that's right, <laughs> Mark, our managing director of readings, mm. uh, and then you sit down and you kind of nut out the list, yeah. Well, well, Mark and Christos weren't involved in the initial shortlist, right? Okay, yeah, which I think that that's fair enough. I mean, they. It is a huge undertaking. So we, the four judges, got together and we each had, I think that we had to bring up to 10 books to the table that Mm. we had as our preference. So I think in the end we had 22 books on our long list and then we had to get it down to six and that was a long session. Yeah, I bet it was. It was a bit of hair pulling. Yeah, four (laughs) hours, four hours of solid talking. Yeah, that was wow. And there were there were three. There were seven books that we all really, really wanted. And you had to make it six. And we had to make it six. And that I think we had at least two hours discussing. Yeah. Mm. That, that and was we could, really we could have hard. Doubled we could have gone crazy. We could have doubled yeah. the shortlist. Oh, easily. Yeah. We could have yeah. easily had. And I think we're still all both all upset about some of the books that weren't allowed, to, well, that just didn't make it. But, you know, that's mm. when you've got four judges, I guess, that, mm. you know, you're always going to yes. have. We didn't have tiebreakers, did we? We kept having consensus numbers of judges. So yeah. We, we had to make. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you looking decision. for? How do you choose this shortlist? What are you mm. What are you looking for? What What makes one novel stand out amongst so many others? Well, we did have a criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Bronte, who works in head office, she had 
a great criteria. I can't remember exact. Obviously, quality of writing is, yeah, quality is of a writing, big one. Specificity of place, yeah. originality, longevity. Whether it um, actually mm. did what it wanted to do, mm. uh, you know, whether we sort of, yeah, and, we, and whether it's readable. I mean, yeah. you know, whether it's actually really an enjoyable read. and yeah. Which yeah. is something that you learn over a year of reading so many books. Yeah. Whether, whether you want to keep reading. Yeah, yeah. I did read a review of a novel today by Ursula Le Guin in which she said, first and foremost, the point of a novel is to engage you, to keep you going and to get to the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, there's many right. things that come yeah. to it, but, you know, if you break it down to the bare bones, yeah. that's a very important that's part right. of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the author has a responsibility mm. to the reader, I think. I don't think the reader has a responsibility to the author. I think that's a terrific mm. point. Yeah. Mm. So there you are in the, uh, the sort of the readings boardroom, uh, nutting it all out. Uh, you've got 22 titles. You need to make it down to six. It takes four hours. You've all read the equivalent of one month of reading and you've come to these six titles. Uh, let me talk about them. The Windy Season by Sam Carmody. Why was this one on the shortlist? What, what, what made this particular title unique or part of, part of the, the pick? Can you remember? I yeah. think, and, well, like, I don't know, when I first read it, I sort of came to it and I started and I thought, oh, this is a voice I haven't heard before. Yeah. And as I kept reading, I thought, oh, wow, this is a place I haven't quite seen in this way before. And um, it's just stayed with me. Mm. I can feel that place when you say the name of the book and you say his name. Yeah. A couple of scenes just come to mind and they're, they're just present in, I love the, in the front of my head. Yes. I'm like, completely. oh, I can see him, I can see him. Oh. In this scene, which is, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that um, there's a scene in a pub. So mm. his main character is a young man, and there's a scene in a pub where he he first arrives in a pub and he takes it in, and mm. he, he takes just, in the pub. He takes in the pub. He takes in the the town that he's arrived in. He takes in the people at the pub, and you just feel it. You yeah. just it's it, it keeps unfolding from there, obviously, yeah. but um. It's all of the scenes are just it's just so potent. There's a clarity to those scenes yeah. which I just loved. And yeah. the scene there's scenes on the boat. I mean it's a it's a really, really gritty writing. It's really descriptive. One of our other judges said it's so visceral. Yeah. It is. There's there's also some viscera. Yeah, a fishing ship, a fishing trawler. But, yeah. um, oh, it's, it's a the, visceral read. Yeah. The scene there mm. were and there was times when I actually was reading it going, I almost can't read this scene much longer oh. the scene especially on the on the trawler is very very mm. intense and that's very yeah. early on in the book but mm. but you're feeling right. every moment aren't you you're oh. being as you know that's the point you're being pulled along oh into the story God. yes yeah. he's been pulled yeah. onto a fishing yeah. trawler yeah it's really yeah. really it sounds good. amazing i haven't yeah. read it no it's really good i really I'm looking recommend forward it. to reading yeah it's great what about the uh the short story collection australia day by melanie ching what who so this is a first time collection. Yeah. Um and it it's it's called Australia Day. Some of the stories take part on Australia Day, but it's a tapestry of a contemporary Australian experience. It's multicultural, it's multigenerational, it's um it moves across class lines, professional lines. Mm, it's really interesting it's, insight into how different people uh, might perceive the way the world perceives them. Mm. You know, like a lot of the stories are 
do you think? You know, yeah. that sort of thing about it's them viewing, yeah, people viewing them a bit. So, things so that, people viewing each other in a yeah. way, sort of, sort of, and it shifts, um, yeah. it shifts perspective really yeah. beautifully within stories quite often. So you, you, you're following a character along and you're mm. like, oh, yes, no, I see where they're coming from. It mm. makes sense. And all oh, these other characters being, you know, completely unreasonable. Mm. And as all fiction you'd wanted to do then switches that mm. on you and you There's go, oh, and you come back at it. Mm. So it's... Mostly set in Melbourne. Yeah. And it feels like it is all actually happening at the same time. So mm. you have this sort of sense of this kind of large metropolis that Melbourne is yeah. with all of these different people. On Australia Day. On Australia. Yeah. Not always on Australia Day, but definitely around it. So yeah. it kind of and it weaves its way back in and out of the yeah. story. So it's yeah, a it's really, really good. confident, mm. really confident voice. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 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 She's great. Uh, Jean Harley was here by Heather Taylor Johnson. Yeah. I have read this book. I thought it was quite extraordinary. What did you think? Of? Yeah, I loved this book. This mm. was, um, I just thought it was charming. It's it's just so really, so well done. It's uh, taking the story of Jean Harley, who you never actually meet. She's never actually in the book as herself because I hope this isn't a spoiler, but basically is. she um, is she's riding her bike to work in a van accident. So someone opens their car door, she swerves, the van knocks her over and she ends up in hospital and then she dies. And it's this perspective of all the people in her life who are affected by it, including the van driver, you know, what his story is, which is really in, so mm. amazing. And even the family dog has a say, the sun, she has all different voices for all the different tones and you see this character form from all the different Jean Harleys that she is. It's it's really a fantastic book. It is. Think almost I would, a bit sort of like Lonely Bones perhaps but but not as... Uh, the Lovely Bones. Oh, Lovely yeah. Bones, yeah. yeah, but not as... It's scary in that way. This is just... It's charming. How, it how do you manage to write a story about such a tragic thing and you make it charming and hopeful and mm. sort of delightful? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very clever writing, I think. And she becomes such a vivid character yeah. despite the fact that you never meet her directly. Yeah. You meet her incidentally through yeah. all these people. Yeah. yeah. It's no, a it's... really, really nice. I just think the concept is original. I just think it's really, yeah, mm. it's a great book. So what are your thoughts on uh, The Lost Pages by, how do we say her last name, Marjorie oh, Perich? I think it's Perichick. Perichick, probably yeah. That's probably not right. I don't, I'm not sure. Our apologies. Yeah, sorry Straight about off. that. Yeah, you should have really checked that. I feel like I should have checked that as well. But The Lost Pages, tell me about this novel. Well, this is another one. I mean, look, I loved all of the books on the on the shortlist, yeah. But they uh, there are a couple that were my favourites. This is one of my favourites. It's um, it's this memoir, a fake memoir written by F Max Broad, who was Franz Kafka's literary executor. Yeah, and it takes the perspective of Max Broad, who was a like great literary star in Prague, you know, in whenever, and then Kafka comes on the scene and and this rivalry and jealousy and and it's got these Kafkaesque moments where things happen and you just think that how on earth could that happen? But you sort of go with it. It's it's original, it's weird, it's it's really, really fun. And it's entirely set in Prague. So yeah. here we've this Australian novel that is yeah. set 
very far from Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. About a great, you know, a great figure and and another great figure in yeah. in sort of European literary tradition. Yeah, yeah, and and, and their rivalry or in their yeah. interaction, and yet it it fits. It's fascinating because it? it fits so well within this short list of Australian novels. It yeah. feels very at home. I just, yeah. I, it's one of the things I found really lovely about. Yeah. I find about our short list about all of the books we read is how sort of embracing the hour of the world. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was very elegant writing as well. It won oh. the Vogel. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's already... Oh, it's had... very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it really is. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Slant to it all. Yeah. 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 But, and it also, I mean, I think the thing that was really interesting about it was that it actually almost could have been, it didn't have to be about Kafka and Max Brod because it does discuss rivalry. It's someone inside their head like descending into kind of a madness. There's unrequited love and that's hilarious, sadly, to what to listen to or read because it's so... Isn't he? An unreliable so, narrator, yeah. insecurity, all yeah. sorts of... Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Farce, it's great. Mm. So talking of books set in other places, The Good People by Hannah Kent. Yeah, so this is um, Hannah Kent's second novel. Yeah. I'm sure many people... Know her first novel, um, Burial Rights, set in Iceland, uh, which was a totally different world. This is set in 1825 in Ireland, and it is, it's as different as Iceland is from Australia. It's, I think Australians feel very close to Ireland, but I don't know if anyone feels particularly close to this valley in 1825, yeah. which is a very poor valley of subsistence farmers. Um, living in the in the grip of the Catholic Church and an ancient more ancient folk tradition of uh, belief in the fairy, who are the good people. That's who the good people are of, mm. of the title of the book. And, oh, you just delve straight in. You just absolutely am enveloped in this kind of cramped, narrow view of the world. It's dank and it's dark and it's dirty and it's superstitious and it's poor and it's also trying people are trying to to eke out this existence and it's almost entirely about these women and I feel like they've often you don't get the story of poor uneducated women in Ireland in 1825 very often there not should be more often. of it not all the time no yeah there should be <laughs> more of it spirits. <laughs> and of the fairy and of and of of the creation of a belief system that allows you to go on in this kind of very bleak existence so I think Without giving a, anything away, that's that's I guess what it's about. I think in a couple yeah. of years we're going to be able to see the film of it. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, I think wow. she's just. Ah, oh, it'd be, make a great film. It would make a great. It would film. really make a yeah. great film. Yeah. yeah, it's a very I think a really richly described environment. Mm. So feel you know you have a sense of how you need to block out gaps in your in your sh- in your um shack and mm. exactly what you'd pick from which side of the road and. The food, oh, God, that's awful, the mm, food. Mm. But, you know, you just feel very, I think, Hannah, um, it's such a, a live world. Yeah. yeah. I and also, yet it's so distant. Yeah. Mm. It, it was really interesting as well because it's one of those worlds where there's so much acceptance and compassion, weirdly, linked with so much harshness and absolutely... Um, not prepared to put up like no non budging on things. So it's really interesting the way that you know very three dimensional characters who were trying and they're trying their hardest and they're coming at things from a good place potentially. And yeah, it was I just mm. thought it was really interesting and really 
a great character study of you know of beliefs and 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 disability you know yeah, and right. these this little kid who is disabled and his grandma just goes that can't be my grandson the fairies have replaced him and what the lengths she's prepared to go to to get the fairies to give her real grandson back mm. which is but you know she's looking after that it's amazing amazing and there's this fairy system that provides some kind of context mm. for the harshness of their lives yeah because you have to have a way of explaining what's happening and this provides an explanation on yeah. some level or, or a potential control or power. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, there's a lot in that yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the last novel that you chose for the shortlist is From the Wreck by Jane Wilson. Uh, this seems like a pretty incredible story too, but an Australian an Australian so, story, mm-hmm. his, historical fiction as um, The Good People is, so it's our... Our second, well, I guess it's our I'm third proud, book. Yeah. Third book mm. on the list that is mm. is very definitely historical fiction. Mm. Um, it's the story on the surface of a shipwreck uh, in South Australia or the colony of South Australia at the time, uh, which was a real shipwreck. And a number of people were left floundering for a very long time in the ocean waiting for the ability for people to save them. So it got quite a lot of, apparently got quite a lot of newspaper coverage. And this takes a different, Jane Rawson takes a very different view of how to write this historical fiction. I will say that there is a sentient (laughs) alien presence that is at times octopus shaped, uh, I was who wondering was also, where they find who was an always a uh, was, and here it is. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's the story of uh, George, who is not an octopus; he is a man. <laughs> and there is the story of the other character. And I think this is a beautiful, beautiful story that, for me, in the first moments, from the very first moment, is about trauma, and it's a really interesting way, I think, of approaching historical Australian fiction because I think we can sometimes feel quite separate from it. Mm. They're like stories that we've heard about shipwrecks and colonies, but this feels very modern at the same time that it feels very of its time and place. And so I think that's a really interesting effect. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Yeah. I think from memory that Jane Rawson's um, ancestor was the sole survivor of that shipwreck. I think right. that's and what that inspired the interest. her. One of, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so this was a story that had come to her um, down through the, you know, through her family. and um, But it is really, really well written and it's completely original and it's very unusual. And, and it is one, I would say, if anyone's, you know, thinking that they're going to buy it, it is one that you have to stick with to a certain degree. I mean, there are certain parts of it initially that you might think are a bit hard work and they they are hard work, but really I just think the payoff is just so, it just really, yeah, it really works. So rather than, I'm just listening to you over the last uh, bit of time talking about these six titles, I'm struck that the theme, rather than perhaps one of being an octopus for this year, it seems to be a very unique take on something. Would that be fair that this is 
something that these six novels have, or six books have in common, uh, that they take something that we know, you know, famine in Ireland, shipwrecks, uh, literary agents, and they sort of look at it in a very unique way. Mm. Would that be a fair assessment? I I, I think so. I think very much so. Yeah. And and whether that's a case of us as judges wanting to, you know, like being engaged by the more original stories and finding that... I mean, I guess that, you know, when you read 76 books, the ones that stand out, that you know, they are the ones that are original, but it's not just about being original, it's actually about being original and it working. Yeah, of course. Which is, a, you know, like that's actually, you know, to have that amazing imagination and to, to carry it through right the way to the 300th page or 400th page is... I think a, they all have very definitive viewpoints too. Yeah, right. You know, you're in the hands of confident writers. They're giving you, they're taking you on that journey, which is what we spoke of at the beginning, that Mm. importance of drawing you in, taking you to the end, telling you a story. Yeah. So they're very unique viewpoints. Yeah. But they're they're defined. Yeah. They're they're wonderful. Yeah. And that's a take you want, isn't it, on... Yeah. You want to look at Australia and you. And all of these books allow you to look at Australia and you in some way. It actually think. amazes me that all of these writers are first or second time writers. That That is extraordinary. The writing is, I mean, they're, they're of writers who have been writing for 20, 30 years, don't you think? They're yeah. They're just absolutely masterful. And it, we could have had even more books. There were so many fantastic books. The standard yeah. is really, really high. It's really... Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic I to think delve in and just yeah. see like a sort of a whole cohort of people yeah. and all the wonderful, wonderful things that they're writing. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was a great experience. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy being a judge for the Readings Prize? Yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was a really, really amazing experience. I read books that I wouldn't have read. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've got a really good grasp of Australian fiction now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, great it shop, it? it's great she's in the shop, isn't it? It's great in the shop. She's going to be able to sell you yeah. anything from yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was really, really good experience. I feel like, I mean, I, I would have to say that about the three-quarter mark, I felt a bit of fatigue <laughs> at, <laughs> at having to, you know, still, and sometimes we were reading and then Bronte would send through an email saying, we've got a few more for the list, and you go, no more, I can't read any more, you know. But but that was, I think that is a, it, it's a year, it's a long time of committing mm-hmm. to just books that you wouldn't necessarily read. Yes, and you filter everything through the prism of that, those books too, whenever you read anything else or you're watching something, you're like, oh, that's like this one or, yeah. oh, that's, well, that's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. just like this book that I read. And so you, you develop all this knowledge you didn't have before. Yeah, yeah, it's Look, great. I have to say that I had a always a sense for the last year that there's something I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> in the back of my head. <laughs> that's true. I'd watch, yep. I'd watch a television show or I'd pick up another book, for instance, that I might be reviewing or... Someone would ask my opinion. I think yes, I could talk about that, but there's something I should be doing. Yeah, that is <laughs> so absolutely perhaps true. So a sense of guilt throughout the year if you weren't reading from yep. the seventy six titles. Completely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you're free of this now. <laughs> yeah, you've made the the at the short list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner is to be decided. So let me ask you now, uh, in good faith, what are, what are you watching? Are you what are you watching on TV? Are you do are you watching anything at all now? Are you, are you taking a break from reading? 
Uh, well, I did originally take a break from reading by watching um, last year's season of The Great British Bake Off right, right. every yeah. night. And yeah. I laughed and I cried and I was very involved in the storyline. I fell for everyone and I thought this is the kind of narrative I really need now, a baking show in a tent. I don't bake myself. I don't really even cook. That's but, hilarious. Oh. I, 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 and I would. I would be crying and laughing and slapping my uh, knee and going, fantastic. oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch a couple of narratives, but I feel like I was creating narrative in this and that was enough narrative for me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about you, Gav? What have you been watching? Uh, well, I watched The Handmaid's Tale, which is Just to cheer yourself right absolutely up. <laughs> such a great series. I absolutely loved it so much. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's really cool. And um, Game of Thrones, Guilty Pleasure. Oh, I don't oh, think Guilty Pleasure. Season. I just think pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, okay, well, this one is a guilty pleasure. Maybe we'll have to edit this out, but um, I have been watching The Bachelor. No one will listen to this, I promise. <laughs> So if you think The Great Bake Off is a guilty pleasure, The Bachelor oh, is really like that. Do you is think actually it's an impact? No, my, my guilty pleasure is escape to the country. I don't love anything so much as uh, going through houses with prospective buyers looking at whether rooms are square enough. <laughs> that's, Do you think that's this a is a direct pleasure. result of having to read 76 novels that you're turning, both of you are turning to We're looking viewing for, yeah. that is uh, bubblegum? That is bubblegum, mm. yeah, 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 fairy floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Look, yeah. I think it's led me to construct well the narrative in everything. <laughs> That's what I think. I think The Great British Bake Off has a narrative and I've found it <laughs> and Escape to, Country, Escape to the Country has a series of narratives that I've found. Look, it might mean that I for some reason want to escape to the English countryside <laughs> where I want to bake and have a nice garden Aww. and this a quirky nice. house. No, but, I can't you know, imagine this. I can't I'm imagine sorry. it now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the question that we always ask is that: What are you reading? Are you reading anything at all, Gab? Yeah, I'm reading The Power at the moment by Naomi Alderman. It won the Orange Prize, and not Australian. No, no, I'm off, I'm off Australian fiction now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, this is just one that lots of people have been raving about. It won the Bailey's Prize. Um, it's uh, it's so Naomi Alderman was um, mentored by Margaret Atwood, so it's like a speculative fiction book. I'm not terribly far in, but where g- women or girls find that they have this amazing electrical power, and so the power of the world, the power to kill and the power shifts from men being the powerful you know brute power to women being the um brute power it's really interesting very Mm. interesting Mm. sounds Mm. fantastic yeah yeah it's really good mary what what are you reading well i just finished actually a uh, memoir so moving away from well which is still a narrative dangerous music eddie ayres's book on teaching cello and viola in Afghanistan and uh still Australian he he is he is Australian yeah he lives in Australia um and the school in Afghanistan was started by a man who had lived in Australia as well uh so I wasn't scared off that but (laughs) the story of Eddie Ayres who many people will know um from his time in radio in Australia um, as Emma Ayres uh, before he transitioned. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and this is this is his story of teaching cello and viola to children in Afghanistan, in Kabul, actually, in Amazing the last story. two years, and also of um, transitioning and coming to a deeper knowledge of himself or accepting a deeper knowledge of himself. It's an amazing read. Mm. It's really interesting and it's a very different type of narrative to what I've been reading in the last year. It's mm. It feels sort of immediate and still still happening, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's amazing. Gavin Murray, you two have been sensational today on the Readings Podcast. Thank you so much. And also thank you so much for being a judge on the Readings Prize. Uh, the winner will be announced in two weeks' time. Uh, we've got bated breath till then. In the meantime, please do explore our readings shortlist. Uh, I can tell that both of you are very passionate about these titles and I hope that that passion is completely and utterly contagious. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Chris. you. That was great. 